0: too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away till what we've put off to tomorrow has finally come today so don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am Max Ivey, and this is another episode of What's Your Excuse, where I will help you challenge those excuses that are holding you back by bringing you interviews with people who have either overcome adversity or difficult life circumstances, people who have struck out and started an unusual business and made a success all on their own. Uh, people who have expert advice with real world applications that's been proven to work out there in the real world and people who I just happen to find inspiring, uh, uplifting, or that I want to know more about. So you can find the show at theblindblogger.net. You can click on any of the past episode posts there and go to the podcast player of your preference, theblindblogger.net. And I do want to mention our sponsors, um, Chip and – uh, and Pam Edwards at Create My Voice. You can find them at CreateMyVoice.com. They're the ones who allow my podcast and blog to be found on Alexa and Google. Um, you want to check them out? You can just say Alexa, uh, play the play Create My Voice, or Google Talk to Create My Voice, or go to CreateMyVoice.com. Uh, so many people have access to my podcast because of this service that wouldn't otherwise, or wouldn't listen to it if they did. So. Definitely reach out to them because you're missing out on a whole world of potential, uh, listeners and readers of your content. If you have a blog, create my, create And then, uh, Alex over at needoshop.com He is the merchandise provider for the, the blind blogger. He's the one who provided the, what's your excuse shirts and, uh, allows me to have them available when I travel for, for sale. And also to inspire and encourage y'all. So today, I have another great guest with me. Her name is Melanie uh, Warner, not Melody, as I said in my emails to her. And uh, she has a uh, a very inspiring story. Me personally, I'm looking forward to talking to her because in her life, she was a, a successful magazine publisher and editor. Did that for over 25 years. Uh, her family suffered a tragic loss of one of her children uh, that resulted in divorce, bankruptcy, and so many other negative things happening from it. Uh, She decided to write a book and tell her story, signed a big time contract with one of those big checks that everybody dreams of only to find out that um, the money was illusory and never materialized. So she fought for her rights, got her book back, published it on her own, became a bestseller and had between that and her magazine work before she is now helping people uh, publish their book and, promote their book, even if they're not famous, so that their book can be the financial success or it can be the, the vehicle to develop their expertise in a field, say, if they want to be a speaker or coach down the road. She does all this great stuff. And I'm looking forward to talking to her. Uh, Melanie, uh, thank you, and welcome to What's Your Excuse? Thank you,
1: Max. Thanks for having me. And you have an amazing voice, by the way. That's so well, fun. Thank
0: well, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate it. I actually stopped doing that for a while because another podcaster warned me I was opening myself up to legal challenges and then previous (laughs) guests were like Max, uh, please don't stop because that was one of the is one of the most unique things. And apparently for people who do a lot of podcasts there's not much unique out there so
1: That's true. That's very true. Well, and I think it's anything that you do that's actually authentically you is what's going to connect you to your guests. And because there's so many, there's so much information out there. So, you know, I always tell people just be transparent. That's how you build trust. That's how you build an audience today. You don't have to be perfect. No one's expecting you to be perfect. And when you're vulnerable, it actually creates courage. It's not a sign of weakness, even in business.
0: So, I, couldn't agree, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I actually, one of the main reasons why I sing is because I'm scared of it. it it's it's a a fear I can face on a regular basis and uh, have that be a, uh, a message for my clients and for people who follow the show. That's the main reason why I keep doing it. It's um, great. And
1: you can sing anything. You can sing anything (laughs) you want to sing. I do not worry about the royalties if you make up your own words as you go along. Okay, I'll stop.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm actually hoping to get in trouble because I feel like my best chance of going viral is for some star to sue me for (laughs) all their money.
1: Hey, that's a really good plan, Max. That's like free publicity and. The, the settlement agreement will probably be a lot less, you know, because they have to measure their punitive damages based on how many people hurt it and their, what their damage is. So it gets probably cheaper than to buy that kind of airtime, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I can't get noticed because I've actually been sharing my the video of me singing uh, The River on Garth Brooks and Tricia Yearwood's uh, websites and, and social media feeds, and so far nobody's noticed. Oh, so, that's so funny. Yes. I don't know.
1: I think, see, and this is one of the things that we teach um, with our authors is I always tell them, think about somebody that's a hero. Cause it's different with singing and writing in writing.
0: Yes. If
1: you, if somebody has a public quote, you can actually use it in your book. Um, and, and you don't have to get permission if it is a public quote, which is kind of cool. So there's different ways you can utilize that. And if there's a mentor or somebody that you respect and admire, that's helped you some out through your life or career and you talk about those people of influence in your actual book, it also can make, you know, these connections that you may not know are there when you come when it comes to marketing your book. Sometimes those people will actually reach out and support you simply because you talked about them in your book. You just never know. It can't okay, hurt. So
0: I, okay, so I need to send Garth a copy of my last book because there's a part in there in the conclusion where I talk about how important the song The River has been to my life and my career. Yes. And what a absolutely. metaphor it is. What a metaphor it is for what I do, you know, because I, in the past 12 years, I'm one of those people, a lot of people know me now, but nobody knew me 12, 10, five years ago. And so I've, I've been through a lot of changes and done a lot of different things. And so the river really does speak to me and it has ever since the first time I heard it in 90, fall of 92, early 93. So that's uh, awesome. So that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'm going to well, have to send him a copy of my book. And I, I'll tell you, it, it
1: worked. Thank you. It worked in mine. You know, everything that I share with people every day, I'm 100% transparent, because I've lived my entire life in front of the public, even before social media. And so if I find something that works, I love having platforms to share that with other people. Um, and one of the reasons I share that with you is because in my this is one of my books, this is one of my first books. Um, I was very moved by some words that my mentor, Gary Zukav, gave me. Now, Gary Zukav wrote a book called The Seat of the Soul, S-E-A-T, The Seat of the Soul. Two of my other mentors that I worked with, Oprah and Tony Robbins, both said that book changed their business and their life. And, you know, wouldn't you go, wow, I want to read that because they've had some success. So it's needless (laughs) to say it might work. So I read his book, fell in love with his, his wisdom, and his soul and and really how he did everything and led from his soul. But he also has this incredibly analytical mind. So I studied with him. I learned everything I could about the soul and how it can help you heal. And these words that he gave me were so powerful that after my son died, I was so shut down emotionally. And it just, I didn't care if my business survived. I didn't care if my marriage survived. I just was so, distraught and i didn't have tools to like actually help me through it i didn't know what to do and no one else knew what to do like there wasn't really a book on it so i literally found these tools he gave me the most inspirational healing words that just literally i mean like instantly it shifted my grief and the way that i looked at my son's death and it helped me find purpose in my pain so i shared his words that were so powerful in my introduction because Not everyone's going to read your whole book, but most people will read the introduction or at least the first chapter. (laughs) So always put your most important stuff in the first chapter.
0: (laughs) Right. Or the dedication or the conclusion if they know, if they know to look there. So
1: right. For sure. And so that was, that was something that I found was really helpful because there were a lot of people who knew of him and knew about his words and it, and it just resonated with people. And every time I meet anybody who's gone through the loss of a child, especially I just share those words of wisdom with them. And it's, it's just such a powerful thing. Um, and I don't have time to go into it here today, but I I can certainly get that to anybody who's interested. If they want to shoot me an email or something, I'll I'll forward it to them. Um, and then the, the thing I was going to say though, is so funny, like living your life in the public platform, you know, like my very first job when I was 15, I was a DJ on the radio in high school. So everybody else was out, partying, having fun in high school. And I was like working, you know, and we worked till midnight back then and it wasn't 24 hour like it is now. So we had to close down the radio station at midnight and they had to play the national anthem back then. You remember the old TV days where at the end of the broadcast at midnight, you know, they shut down the broadcast and they were, they were, They were, they they all played national anthem.
0: Unless you lived in Alabama or Mississippi and then they played Dixie.
1: Yeah, it's true. Most people don't remember that because now everything seems to be 24-7, so nothing actually shuts down, which yes. is part of the problem that we have as human beings and souls on this planet is that we're so busy going, going, going. We have all these thought processes happening. We have all this static energy going through us all the time and all this information flowing around us that we're in the information age, which is one of the most powerful times to be alive as a person as an entrepreneur but it can also get completely overwhelming um, mentally trying to process so much and keep up with everything and I think that that's the other thing I've learned is, is just to have to find a way to be productive to delegate more and to kind of slow down a little bit and really just enjoy the present and the moment with people that I'm with and yeah. um, and you know that just means you hire more people to do the things you don't want to do anyways right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep yes it does, or and some and sometimes it also means you become the person that other people hire to do stuff that they don't like so that they can have more time in their lives as well. It works both ways
1: exactly, uh, and if people love what they do, then it doesn't feel like they're they don't feel like they're working they don't resent you for hiring them to do the job because they love what they do, so that makes a yeah. difference too
0: yeah yeah so i i I tell you I got totally sidetracked my the, the one question that, uh, that I really wanted to ask you, and I hope that this is the one question my audience really wanted me to ask you, is through through all the, the setbacks and, and trauma that you've been through over the last few years, how do you continue to do it? What is, the, what is the source of all this energy and positivity and happiness that I feel coming through from your side of the screen?
1: Oh, thank you so much. Well, first of all, when I was 15 years old, my dad, when I got, I got grounded for taking the family car. So my dad (laughs) grounded me. He used to teach Dale Carnegie classes back then. So his way of punishment was he forced me to read a book called how to win friends and influence people. And, you know, I was 15 and I'm like, I don't need friends. I got friends. I don't need to read this stupid (laughs) book about how to get friends, you know? So I was really offended and I was so stubborn that I refused to read it. And let, and I was grounded until I finished the book. And at the end of reading every chapter, I had to report back to him. I had to remember like at the end of each chapter, there's a little thing that memorization, you know, to a man's name, a man's name is to him the sweetest word in any language. Right. So each chapter has a little mantra at the end of it. I had to read the chapter, sit down and talk to him about it, report back to him and then tell him whatever the memorization of the mantra was at the end of that chapter. And I wasn't allowed to go anywhere (laughs) until I did that. So I fought that system for two months and I would only read one chapter unless I wanted to go to the mall or go out with my friends. And I punished myself to, to not go anywhere because I was so adamant about not doing this stupid punishment. And (laughs) the funny thing is it ended up introducing me to self-help at a very pivotal time in my life when I was very impressionable had no idea that it was going to serve such a big purpose in my life. And, um, it turned out to be the best thing that he could have done for me because not only did he ground me, but he grounded me. And that led to Norman Vincent Peale, uh, starting out reading Tony Robbins when he was just starting out over 25 years ago, then working, Tony became a mentor. I went through and became a master life coach and did all of his training, um, I learned hypnosis when I was 21 years old and hypnotherapy, I studied clinical therapy. I wanted to be part of the solution. So I was really big on self-help and self-coaching because in my mind, I didn't want to be beholden to someone else. If I was having a meltdown at 3 a.m., I wanted to have the tools to help heal myself, right? I didn't want to okay. be, feel like yeah. everything was coming, like the solutions were outside of me. And I, I realized at an early age, two really important things. Number one, every problem is a thought problem. So anything that's happening inside of you and your thoughts and fears, you have a hundred percent control over. You don't have control over the circumstances of things that are happening outside of you or how people are behaving or acting or treating you, but you have a hundred percent control over how you are looking at those things. And those thoughts can drive very quickly a, a short formula, those negative thoughts can definitely influence your feelings, that influence your actions, and, and ultimately influence your energy result. So, when you go back and look at a failure or a negative energy result, it is almost always directly related to that original thought. So, learning that at an early age helped me understand how to bounce back quicker because I didn't allow someone else or something else to make me a victim. I realized I could empower myself to just think differently and choose. Those thoughts, um, and the second thing I realized at an early age is the power of a mentor. Someone who was a mentor to me early on said, "If you want to do something in life or business, listen to the people who have what you want. If you want to live a long, happy, healthy life, don't listen to you know your drunk uncle who smokes ten packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> if you want a successful marriage, don't listen to the person who's been divorced five times." Although Technically, they're an expert on marriage. I guess if they've been married five times, but you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: they're they're in that category of knowing what not to do, not necessarily knowing what to do, and that that's usually not all that helpful.
1: Exactly. Although in business, sometimes your failures can actually be part of your fortune, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Like all of this brokenness, all the things I lost, all this these challenges and these master tools I had to come up with on my own and figure them out, have now become this great platform for me to help other people. And so it led to me having this amazing purpose in my life that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have those setbacks. So like sometimes your setbacks can actually set you up for something huge. And you know, you don't realize like you think you're in the dark and you're underground and you think you're being buried. But I realized I was being planted, Max. I wasn't being buried. I was being planted. And when you're planted, though that beginning stage is where the biggest growth happens, but it's also the most painful part of that seed growing and, and building roots and building foundation for this beautiful tree that's gonna bear fruit. And I know I'm using some really corny analogies, but I hope this is helpful because everything, like everything that I've made choices on where my soul said yes to this and no to that or yes to this person and no to that person. I can look back now the last 25 30 years and I can connect all the dots on every choice I made that led me to doing what I'm doing today. Even the self-help punishment back at 15 years old, who knew I would grow up to be a best-selling author and and teach people how to share their stories, right? And either we either publish their stories in our books or we help them write and publish and launch and market their own book and we show people how to do that and take ownership of that process so they keep 100% of the royalties and they make so much more money doing it that way if they can just get past their own fear and understand that there is a process to every single thing you do, but sometimes going the big publisher route isn't the best choice because you only make maybe 10%. And in my case, I had a 20% margin and royalty, but I never got paid. In three years and selling thousands and thousands and thousands of books all over the planet, my publisher never paid me one dime not one check. So, and they were one of the largest publishers on Amazon, one of the biggest companies out there. But what happened is a lot of other bookstores were filing bankruptcy, closing their stores, not paying the publisher's right? So guess what? With Amazon, we don't have to worry about is Amazon going to be in business tomorrow or not. And when someone bought my book at Barnes and Noble, they became their customer. Now I can control that process for myself and my clients to where I, my books actually serve as a client conversion, not just for me, but also for my clients, the people that we help get their books out there. We show them how to make money from their book.
0: Right. So uh, before, before we talk more about the about this process of making money from the book, yeah. um, would you mention the website because it seems to have escaped me at this moment? Um, yes,
1: for sure. Absolutely. The website is called mydefiningmoments.com. So with an s, mydefiningmoments.com. Right. And,
0: and, I, and so I, go ahead. And I am I am speaking with uh, Melanie Warner who is the founder, bestselling author, former publisher and, and she will help you get your book published so that you make money from it. Because I can I can tell by what little I've gotten to know her so far. <laughs> she wants to see you succeed, and she knows how to do it. So I'm actually, and, when this is over, I'm actually going to try to schedule a consultation with her myself just to see what there is I'm not doing right absolutely. in my own work. And here's the cool thing.
1: Here's what I'm going to do for you, just for you Uh and your, and your audience. Okay. Okay. I recorded a masterclass training. It's about two and a half hours. And I go through every single detail about self-publishing, what you need to know, how to protect yourself, how to make money doing it, how to write the right book. Right. Because the number one mistake that most new authors make, even authors that have been out on the New York times bestseller list is they write the wrong book. Even if they've made some money or they had a one hit wonder, it's hard to duplicate that process by accident. You have to plan and research and think about not only write about what people want to read about, but not just write about what you want to talk about. And that's half the battle is understanding your market and who you want to write for. And um, what I was going to do, I thought this would be fun for your audience. So what I can do is um, I'll go through a a couple of questions. This is a really quick little pop quiz that you can ask yourself these questions to determine um, whether self-publishing is a great avenue for you, whether or not your idea and concept is something that actually can make money. um, And it'll see whether or not you can help with your goals. And then at the end of it, based on how you answer the questions, it'll help you determine whether or not this is a good venue for you to even think about with your concept And, um, just for doing this and for having me on your show, I'm going to give you guys a free gift. And if you go to the website, um, or if there's a link on your podcast, I can give you that link as well. You can download, uh, you can watch a free, um, masterclass. That's a two and a half hour class. I normally charge for that, but you get to see the whole, everything we will peel back the curtain of this industry, show you (laughs) transparently every single thing you can do right and wrong, how you make money doing it and the steps that it takes. And you get that absolutely free. And the masterclass is so funny. I love this title. It's called How to Write Your Best-Selling Book in Eight Weeks or Less and Make a Profit Even If No One Has Ever Heard of You. Isn't that awesome? Yeah.
0: That's, and, that's a, that's, and that basically breaks one of the rules that uh, people give us, which is titles, titles should be short.
1: Oh, no, but see, it you have to list the benefit. Your title needs to tell the reader, what do I get out of reading this book, right? Yeah, because if right. they don't know you, what's the investment? Like sometimes, I mean, this is where people get exhausting, like they do, you know, like podcasts and videos and YouTube, and, and it's exhausting <laughs> just to sell a $7 book. I mean, my gosh, help us all, right? Yes. But But yet, that's not always the best way, because here's the thing if you think of, and this is a funny analogy, but if you think of Jesus and his 12 disciples, right? It was that small group of people that went out and spread his story that became like huge followers and original people that actually risked their life for this man because of his cause and what he was, what he was talking about. Right. And so it was that small group of people that literally built an entire revolution of a new religion Called Christianity back then, and that story is still powerful and spreads today. And 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 you don't have to do this big. I, I say the publicity stunt. Uh, you don't have to actually have the crucifixion <laughs> to get the result that Jesus had. And I don't mean that in any disrespect, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I'll
0: what I'm have saying. To, I'll, I'll explain that in the in the uh, in the show in the show description before this goes live. But, yes. Yeah, I,
1: I'm I don't want to offend say, anybody, but I'm using it as to, a corny analogy right, so that right, you understand well. you don't need millions of people. You need 10 or 12 people who are willing to follow you and work with you and help you build your meaningful book and your book that, has, that builds a movement. And if, if you find even 10 or, 20, 000, or 10 or 20 people that may spend a few thousand dollars for your business to help if you have a solution that you can help somebody overcome and you learn to charge for that service of simply helping your reader. This is really the formula that helped me go from literally being on like when I lost everything, I went from product to nada like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. And I went from making a million dollars a year to living on unemployment of 1800 a month. And I was a single mom with three kids. I had no income, no child support, nothing. And I lost everything. And I mean, I had to learn how to cook because we weren't going out to dinner. <laughs> I was literally, I I was, I had food stamps. I was on Medi-Cal. I was like, I was so um, shocked. Like I felt so much shame like having to just reboot my life. And I was so shut down with fear and doubt and sadness and depression that I thought, wow, I can't believe I screwed up my life this bad, you know? And I kept going, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. Like how did my life become this way? Like what happened? Like how did my life just blow up? And I was terrified max because I thought it took me 20 years to build a solid foundation. I had businesses with multiple income. I had residual income. I had stocks. I had real estate. I, I felt like I had so solidified the stability in my life that there's no way I could have screwed it up and blown it up, but somehow I did. Um, so this process that I'm telling you about right now, the reason I'm so passionate about it is because like, I could go out and write another book tomorrow, start another business. I have no fear, but to be able to empower someone else to write their book To give birth to that idea, almost like the doctor and the grandma all in one, right? Like that is like the most exciting thing for me in my life. And that makes me feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose by helping other people find theirs. And Every hardship I went through was preparing me for what I'm doing today. And if I hadn't gone through those things, I couldn't look somebody in the eye and honestly say, I understand how you feel and I know what it takes to get out of that hole because I've been there. So by applying all this that I'm talking about today and the things I want you guys to hear and hopefully be inspired by this story is... I went from that year after losing everything, taking a, two years to have a breath and reboot, taking this process, I went from making 36000 a year once I started making a little bit of money. The next year jumped to two hundred and fifty, And then the third year, it was up to a million. So I was back within two years of my original um, income where I lost everything and thought it would take 20 years to rebuild it. So that was the exciting thing for me. And that's what I really want to teach people how to do. If they're rebooting, if they're starting over from zero and want to get to 250, or if they're at making 250 already in their business and they want to kind of build it from there and do something, you know, scale it up. We can help people do that. And it's all through using a book and sharing their story because facts tell stories sell. So we just show people how to use their own story to build an audience base and, um, create a, a different client relationship. So are you ready to take the quiz? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, perfect. So this is really quick. This is a fun test. Everybody hates tests, but okay. this one's actually fun. So all, all right. you have to do is answer yes or no. Okay. To each okay. of these, I'm going to pull this up. So I'm not going to block anything here. Um, cause I haven't memorized it. So this is basically, these are questions that you're going to ask yourself to determine whether this process of writing a book is going to be this concept and this idea that you have in your head. Is it going to be profitable? And if not, there's things you can do to tweak it, to make it more in alignment with this formula that works. Cause I don't like reinventing the wheel and I like to stick with a formula that's been proven. And we have okay. that proven conversion for not only myself, but also hitting the bestseller list. So all the people that we help, We not only help them write their book, launch their book, keep hundred percent of their proceeds, but we also make sure that their book hits the bestseller list. That way we're working specifically with them to create the best possible result for them and for their business. So, okay, here's the quest. Here's the questions and you just need to answer yes or no. Okay. And you can either answer quietly or you can answer out loud, whatever you want. And those of you listening, same thing. Just answer And and then keep track of your answers at the end, just a yes or no. So number one, is your book nonfiction, self-help, or a business
0: book? I would say it's uh, nonfiction and self-help.
1: Okay, great. So yes, so it is. Yes. Um, Have you overcome a big challenge in your life or business?
0: Almost every day, it seems.
1: (laughs) Okay. Have you learned something from that experience that could help someone else? Yes. Okay, are you targeting a niche audience?
0: You know, I'm not, uh, and people have asked me, with me being the blind blogger, why I don't focus more on the visually impaired and people with disabilities as as a as a focus. But to me, I, I this just never really appealed to me. So my usual focus is is people in general who are tra- who are in this place that you used to be in. Mm -hmm.
1: So here's the thing. If you, if you say, I want to help everybody, that's one of the biggest problems with trying to write a book when you can assign that person. Like for me, I, my first book was about coping. This, this is the book, you know, which is called defining moments. This was the first book in our series and it's called coping with the loss of the child. And the reason I wrote that book is because I wanted it to be this love letter of healing For all these other parents that are going through something, and instead of buying them a sympathy card, I literally just hand them the book of hope. And there's 50 different stories from other parents who experienced the same loss of losing a child. Some of them have lost six or seven or eight children. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. So the fact that they can still keep moving forward and putting a smile on their face inspires me to keep sharing those stories that are even more powerful than my own. And, and having a book series that allows us to share our best success stories and things that helped us overcome these things, that's the other reason I built a platform, you know, because each book is specifically related to a challenge that you might know someone who's going through. So when you write for one person or a small audience like that, when you say, I'm writing for, you know, Jim Bob, who's 43 years old, who just went through a divorce and is losing money and has to start over for some reason, when you personalize it and you give that reader a specific name and identity while you're writing a book, you won't quit because now it's not just for everybody. Cause guess what? Everybody in the world won't care if you write a book or not. There's a lot of other books out there, but that one guy, that one woman, that one person who's praying for your knowledge and your expertise and your wisdom, for an experience that you already know, give me gosh, I mean, you can't quit on them, right? It's much harder. So that's why I say, don't write for the masses, write for a small group or a few people that you can really connect deeply and understand their pain and show them how to get from where they are to where they want to be. And when you can do that in a measurable way and you can teach them the steps, then that's where you find your real voice as an author, because the book then writes itself based on your experience, not your opinion. Makes sense.
0: Well, it makes lots of sense. I just have a hard time defining that that niche audience, especially when the the books that I've written have been have been based on different uh, different parts of my life and different experiences that would maybe maybe apply to different groups. Absolutely.
1: And that's one of the challenges people have. And that's one of the things we help kind of coach people through is before we ever write the book, we spend a few weeks just getting clarity about their idea, their concept. Is it marketable? Who are they writing for? And really creating that, that scaffolding to build a solid foundation so that by the time you actually write it, the marketing and everything is actually built into it. It's much harder to go back. It's like DNA you know it's hard to it's hard to build a human without dna you can't go back and add it in later it just doesn't quite work that way
0: right so right. your
1: intention and your soul and your power of writing it is the most powerful part as an author when you're when you're putting all of that energy out i believe if you're doing it the right way it's kind of being downloaded anyways right and it's just this natural flow if you're in that kind of energy state and, and if you and if you 're confident about what you 're writing about because it 's something you already know then it 's much easier than writing about something you have no idea that you have to go research and you 're writing about a theory as opposed right. to your own reality
0: right makes well, sense for, right well for for example the book that i 'm uh, that i 'm working on right now is about the ex- a, the experiences I had and the lessons people can take from them during my first uh my first trip as a public speaker during 2017. It takes place over about an eight week period, not counting the time before and the struggles that I had to go through to actually get away from my house and start the, and start the trip as well Mm -hmm. as how, how it affected me once it was over. So it's, you know, that's what I'm looking at for my, for my next book. And uh, I find that a lot of people have a fear of their environment, a fear of traveling and many people have said, Max, I, I don't feel comfortable going across town. And just, to, just the idea of somebody blind traveling solo across country is, uh, in some cases, inspiring. And in other cases, it makes them feel a little less than themselves because they're like – so that's – well, that's on. where
1: you say, what's your excuse,
0: exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. And and full disclosure, my coach, Denise Denise Thompson is like, Max, you know, you need to do a What's Your Excuse series of books. You need to start yeah. bringing in people to share their What's Your Excuse moments along with you in these books, kind of like the Chicken soup for the soul, or kind of like the my defining moments book yes. that you put out. So, so you know, it's
1: funny. I'm glad you said that because my mentors wrote chicken soup for the soul. So I got the business model. They literally, but you know, I studied with them. I did masterminds and trainings with them, and they gave me their business model because I earned that like the, that respect and that experience by working with them over the years, and. So that really, our our book series really is the new chicken soup for the soul, but it's 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 written in a little bit different way than their original formats. It's also important that the word counts and everything are in check because back then people read more, you know, bigger books and they wanted yes. bigger books. Nowadays, yes. the attention span is shorter. So what you could do is you could write your series as one of our defining moments books because we actually publish books as well as, you know, we self publish the books for people who want to write those kind of books and we show them how to do it and keep the royalties and all that, which is fun. Um,
0: all right, cool. So so back to your quiz.
1: Yeah. Back back to to the quiz. So that becomes the next question. I'm
0: finding your quiz is a great platform for having our discussion. I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Oh, good. Me too. So this leads us to the next question, which is perfect timing. This is how I, I know that this is the conversation we're meant to have because it's leading into the next question on the quiz, just naturally, so is your word count below 200,000 words? Because that's a big factor today. Yes or no? Uh,
0: definitely. I, uh, I tend to try to stay below, what is it, 40,000? Because I think that translates to about 150 pages.
1: Yes. So if you're doing audio about, you know, um, each page, well, let's see. Most pages in most books today are about 250 words per page. Right.
0: Right, um, at least we're in, using the same number. That's good.
1: Yeah. So it just depends on how long it is. My first book was two hundred fifty thousand words, and it's oh. about two. It's about two hundred and fifty pages. No, it's two hundred thousand words, and it is two hundred and forty-one pages. But I only did fifty stories in my book, and Chicken Soup did a hundred. So I chose right. to have sixteen hundred words per story maximum because some of these stories were very compelling and they needed explanation of how this person lost their child. And then we were focusing on how the parents, like what steps and resources they specifically used that helped pull them out of that dark hole and what information can they now share with someone who's in that raw stage, you know, so that the person who just fell into the hole yesterday is not going to die in the hole alone and feel like nobody gets how they feel, you know? And that's right, really right. that was really the goal but that was my choice on that one and even that one is borderline getting too long because people's attention spans are really short but right. because it's a collection of 50 different stories they can go through and flip around they don't have to read it in chronological order but it's they not can read a, it
0: it's yeah. not as intimidating because you don't have the usual chapter structure right. of, of x number right. of pages per chapter and my my last book, The Blind Blogger's New York City Adventures: How You Can Make Your Dreams Come True.
1: I love that title. Uh, is, is,
0: is right at three hundred words, but it includes sixty large, full color. Well, they're full color in the in the ebook, but they're black mm-hmm. and white in the print version. Mm-hmm. So it includes sixty f- photos that were taken during uh, the experience that I chronicle in the book, and so it's That's really, awesome. Yeah. So really it's more like 240 pages or 230 because you've got with photos with plus the photos makes it 300. So, Mm -hmm. and the photos were, are really cool part of the book and not, uh, I I hate to use your time, but um, I basically just asked random strangers to take the photos and ended up with a lot of great photos. So the photos themselves are like a, a, a bonus message to the reader. If they if they, if they're paying attention that, you know, just a blind guy got all these great photos and
1: that's awesome. You know,
0: so, okay. So under how many words again,
1: under 200,000 words, that's that's what I recommend. Now you can also, I mean, lots of people, there's digest style books. In fact, I just saw a brilliant idea on Amazon the other day. If you search for, you know, gift ideas under $10, there's some really great books in there for like five, six, seven dollars that are price points as a gift. See, if you're buying it for someone else, you want to make your price point lower. So my book series are designed to where you buy the book for someone else. Or if someone's, you know, self-aware enough to know that I'm struggling and I need help and they want to reach out and grab this book, they can buy it for themselves. But a lot of people, about 80, 90% of the people that buy the book are buying it as a gift to give to someone who's going through that kind of loss. Um, So I saw something on Amazon the other day that was a, it was like a gratitude journal or something for five to $7. I thought that's a brilliant idea because now it's trending in the holidays for gifts under $10, which is a good tag and a good way to market that. So,
0: and you can create, you can create, create those journals through Vistaprint or through a printing company other than Amazon Right, And then you're looking at keeping, like you say, keeping almost all the money less your production cost and your your cost of the right transaction from PayPal or Stripe or whoever you're using. So, well, the
1: only reason I like Amazon for that deal is because their cost is pretty low. You can get yes. wholesale copies and right. they'll do the fulfillment and free shipping. Because if you yes. have to charge for shipping, then it denounces the point of that. But, um, but most people, if they're using Kindle, they can get the book almost for free. If yep. they're using Amazon, they get free shipping. So this is the reason that these companies have are such a powerhouse is because they were built as a book platform. Right. Did you know that Oprah's show began as a way for her to promote books as a book club?
0: So no, I did not know that. I did not know that that was an original original intent of the show. I thought the book club came afterwards, not nope. original. She ideas wanted to part a show, of the show.
1: She wanted to show she loves books. She loves giving books, and she wanted to expand a show where she could talk about her own stuff because when she was working for a station in Chicago, right. they had a lot of restrictions in control over what she could talk about, what she could. not And she hated that. Yeah. So when she ended up kind of basically getting her own show out there and syndicating it, a lot of that became because her in, initial intent was to get her stories and books out there that she loved, that she felt resonated in her and she wanted to share that experience with other people. So, All right. so when you think about that, next okay, next now. question. I'm sorry. Do you, do you want to keep a hundred percent of your profits and royalties?
0: Uh, I absolutely do. And um, I, in, in my past books, not, I I've got them on Amazon because that's where people can find them. And as you say, they have the platform for it, mm-hmm. but I also offer them directly through my website because it's another option where people where instead of, instead of getting 70%, I can get 95%. And occasionally somebody will take me up on that and download it directly from my website. Mm -hmm. And that 25, that 25% of, uh, you know, of whatever the price of the book is, that's uh, that can be pretty, that can be pretty good for, for me. And it's, it's also a way where the people who click that button, they're usually people who uh, know me or have been following me or at least know who I am and who want to support me a little more than average by buying the book and, and let me get the the money without the Amazon royalty. So. Right.
1: No, that's great. And by the way, if you, if people, the people that are reading your book, we found the conversion is, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20% of people who read your book actually want to have continued um conversations with the author. They, they respect the process and they want to learn more and they want to work with you more one-on-one or have that opportunity to, you know, see you in person and speak somewhere or work with you as a coach. If you have coaching service or practice. So a lot of people don't have that stuff set up. They have an idea, but we actually teach them how to create those things because I'm a master life coach and I trained as a master life and business coach with Tony Robbins. I have those training, that material I have all of that kind of um, behind me. So I know that process that it takes to set those kinds of structures up as well so that they are sustainable for the book and the idea so right. that the book supports the business, the business supports the book. Right. Um, okay. So next question. Do you have a great idea, but you just need help with logistics and marketing your book?
0: Um, i I'm, I'm kind of torn on that question. I have the idea and I think that I have a lot of the logistics, but I think that I could improve on the logistics.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. Do you have a professional service or product that you can sell with the book?
0: Well, I have a professional service, but I don't know if it, if it naturally sells with the book or not. Um, my, the, the, the thing that, I wanted to do, and the thing that I proposed to do for the first two years that I was online as the blind blogger, was to coach people on getting unstuck and accomplishing their big goals and dreams. But nobody wanted Max to do that. What they wanted Max to do was to help them promote their existing work or their future work by getting them on podcasts and Mm radio shows, by doing social media work, by doing that stuff that they don't want to do, but they know somebody needs to do. In order to gain exposure for their upcoming book album or movie so mm-hmm. that has become what i do i i've enjoyed the couple of occasions where i've had the chance to uh to work with people one-on-one as a coach but it's not what uh most people want me to do and i've i'm at that point in my life where if i have a choice between trying to force people to to hire me for what i want to do or Offering a service that I know they want and will pay for, I generally go with the second one. So So you're good at it, but you don't enjoy
1: it. Oh, believe me. I know that. I know that feeling.
0: Yeah. So I I've, I've enjoyed coaching. It's just, it's not what people want from me. And Mm -hmm. I know that there are things I could do to market that better where, uh, where, where people might want to hire me as their coach. And that would be something that would, would leverage the, the book and future books. It just, like I say, when you when I've got something that's paying the bills, it's hard to it's hard to put in that time, to, uh, to, to expand on the coaching. It just hasn't been a priority for me. But so I don't know if I don't know if online publicity is something that is tied to the books that I do. Other than many of the books mention the public speaking and the podcast interviews that I do myself during at some point during the stories.
1: Well, that's, that makes sense. And what I want, want you to think about is to flip that around for a second and not so much what you want to do and what you want to promote or the service that you offer, but think about the reader. Okay. If that person is looking for a solution, let me give you a, a funny example. If okay. you're looking, if you're looking to buy rice, right? If you need rice, do you go plant a field or do you go to the store?
0: <laughs> I mean, store.
1: Most people go to the store. So the point is that people are used to spending money on a service or a need every single day. And so many authors let their fear and doubt get in the way of offering that service to people thinking they're not good enough. They don't know enough. They're, they don't know what to charge. They don't think that they're, they're professional enough. They don't have more degrees than a thermometer. You know, like they, <laughs> they think that they need all this stuff to be credible. And the funny thing is, you can be credible if you understand somebody's pain, right? You can go to a doctor and that doctor can have all these medical degrees and 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 make you feel intimidated. And you say, I've got this pain in my foot and it's just killing me and I, I'm having trouble walking and I feel like it goes numb and and the doctor sticks a band-aid on your chin and says, Okay, take this medicine and call me tomorrow. And you're like, What had yeah, just happened? And then you walk out in the parking lot and there's this homeless dude who's kind of limping a little bit and he sees you limping and he goes, Hey, is that your right foot? Do you notice when you step right here, you kind of, you feel it and you're all the way up in your side. You get the same thing. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I do. He's like, you know what I found? If I do this and shift this way or I wear this kind of shoe or I do that, like he starts giving you advice and all of a sudden it gets better. And you instantly have more credibility and rapport with the homeless guy than the doctor, because he understands your pain. He knows how to solve your problem." So right, well, that's the point.
0: Yes. Well, thankfully, I've never thought I needed degrees or felt less than qualified. It's just that um, pe- it's a question of what people wanted me to provide them in the way of a service. And I understand
1: that. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, though, that do have that fear. And, like, that does, those again, those negative thoughts can stop them oh, from yeah. taking the action that actually makes a difference, not only in their life, or but their own, you know, or someone else's. In fact, um, real quick, with Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, who was my mentor, he said to me when I was writing my first book, and it took me years, I just procrastinated and I made a million excuses, (laughs) and I was waiting for people to send in their stories and they were dragging their feet. And finally, I said, You know what? I got to do this thing. And so he said to me, Stop thinking about who your book is going to help and start thinking about who your book is going to hurt if you don't get it out there. The very next day, There's a woman in my hometown that I never knew. I never met her. She walked in front of a train and took her own life because her son had passed away 15 years before this poor soul had been suffering for 15 years. And I felt horrible because I realized I could have helped her. I had the tools for this emotional cancer that she was going through. And for me to not give that to her was selfish and cowardly on my part. And it just, hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, I got to get over this. I got to suck it up, stop making excuses and make it happen. And you know that that book was finished in two months after that? And so, you know, and nothing changed, but me, right. The circumstances right. were still the same. Some people, their book never, their story never ended up in the book, right. Because they just, right. they were procrastinating with their own fears and doubts so the book came out without them. and now they're like, Hey, can we do another one? I'm like, Nope, <laughs> that was the one and only book we're doing on this. You know, we're not going to you know? do a series of the same thing of books over and over. It's like, there's a different challenge for each one. So our next book is called SOS. It's defining moments SOS and it's stories of survival. So it's people who have very specific things they've had to overcome in life like me and other people and you, and they get to share their story. And at the end of the story, they get to share their contact information or resources and website or other books they've written or things that, that were helpful to them that the reader might want to know more about. So it becomes a platform to help other people get their books and their information out there through the process of really helping the reader. Because yeah. when your intention is to help the reader and you love them enough to not quit on them, then the book pretty much writes itself. And that's really the key. Okay. Um Okay, next question. More questions there, yeah. Next question, do you have an income goal for your book in the first year of of what you want to make from sales or from services? And like, what is your
0: expectation? No, I don't have an income goal in mind. And I actually have trouble with income goals. I don't have trouble with pricing anymore. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea of of how much money I would expect to make from something, I, I really have trouble with that. And, you know, whether it's four figures, five figures, I... It's one of those things I haven't really come to terms with yet. So Mm -hmm. no, no, no income goal. Um, If in my heart of hearts, my goal for everything that I do is sustainability. Mm -hmm. So what I'm looking for, for me is enough income, reliable, regular weekly or monthly income to where I can continue to write travel when I want to, Mm Uh, speak when I want to, whether the organization can provide me a fee or not. If it's a, if it's if if it's the right event and sure. serves the right people, to be able to do those kinds of things on a sustainable level, where I don't have to chase clients for the media publicity publicity stuff or for anything else. So if I could get to a sustainable number, which I don't think would be five figures in my with my lifestyle, I think uh, somewhere between four and five as long as it's reliable and as long as it gives me the ability to perform the service, to share my story with the people who need to hear it. So that I guess would be my, would my, be my income goal. Although that doesn't help, doesn't help somebody like you because it's there's no exact number to what that is. So.
1: Right. There's it's, it's harder to hit a goal when you don't have a measurable goal to hit. Even if you come close and you miss it, you still have something to aim towards. So that leads me to the last question. Our authors generate between 150 dollars to $250,000 a year with their first book. You know, Does that fit into your income goal for your book?
0: I would say it definitely exceeds my income goal. I think my goal okay. would be some t- somewhat less lofty than that. So,
1: Well, one of the things we teach people how to do is how to create residual income because that's what right. I've been doing most of my life is creating a service, whether you're a business, whether you're uh, a service like a coach or a, a healer or um, a professional in your field. Um, we teach you how to rebrand and market yourself to where you can get residual income. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of different ways to do that. But we, you know, we show people in part of our setup of whether you're doing coaching or trainings, how to create membership sites where you're getting monthly memberships. I have a group of about 800 people that is a private mastermind and they pay so much per month to be part of that. And that's a core group of people who are very invested in personal development and they want to see change in their lives. So every month we do a different challenge. And at the end of 30 days, the person that has the most measurable growth that they can show wins a big prize. And it's so fun because people love doing that. We do these impromptu crazy trainings in there. We'll bring in an idea or a concept. We'll test market things. They get to pre-launch books before they come out to the public. They, they become like a focus group but it kind of evolved into that relationship because now like people have been in it for a while. They don't want to stop. You know what I mean? So right. it becomes a fun group where they get to engage and interact kind of like, um, a, like a, it's different than a free group or something where people aren't really invested. They just right. do it cause it's free, but they're not really investing the time. And if they pay to do something, they're willing to put, to put their time and energy to get money back from what they invested. So I find that the more they actually pay for information or participation, the more they're going to show up and actually do what it takes to get the result they're going for. So that has worked really well too. So because everything I've done is more like my own experience, that's what I really teach people how to do. Not based on what my theory is of I think this will work, but saying, here's what I did. Here's how much I made. Here's how you can do it. I'm going to walk you through the steps and it's all transparent. Like you can see everything because I believe that's the best way to learn. And it's the best way to teach. You know, I I really believe in that, that mentorship relationship. And that, I mean, for me, like, if I could spend eight to 12 grand to learn how to make 100,000 next year, if I could spend 50 grand to learn how to make a million, like who wouldn't do that, you know, and not everybody's in a place where they can spend 50,000 to make a million. But my gosh, you know,
0: no, not if you can, you
1: should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that a subtle plug for uh, for for mydefiningmoments.com and the other stuff that's tied to it? I mean, oh, no, no, no. There's so yeah. many
1: different programs. I mean, it it what we do is we meet somebody where they are and say, right. here's where you are. Here's where you want to be. These are the steps you can take. Here's a roadmap. We're going to lay down the tracks. You can follow it, you know, simple, pace by pace, and you decide what you want to do. You decide... Yeah. Like if you if, if it's somebody who has no business and no idea and they're just starting, I mean, they literally can go from not writing one word and launching a business to within 60 days, they have their book done, they have their business launched, and they're actually making a profit. That's the ultimate goal. Then there's a program for people who are already in business. They already have a proven concept, and they just want to learn how to scale it, either with a book or expanding the business through marketing, mindset, all of those kind of tools And we use a lot of masterminds where we get people together that are like-minded and we kind of elevate each of them by, by having some takeaway that's going to move the needle a little bit in their business. So it really just depends on what somebody's goals are. Um, And that's why everything we do is driven by conversation. People go to the website, they can watch the masterclass on any of these things. Then we invite them to, to book a quick call where we can do um, a discovery call and basically find out more about what their goals are and what they're looking for, and then we try to fit them with the right program that's affordable for them, um, that's going to kind of get them to that next level, because not everybody's going to be at that level of of wanting to hit a million dollars a year. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, I went from thirty six thousand to two fifty to a million. It took me two years. Once I I went that once I learned the initial two fifty, then it's really easy to just scale it and and take it and go by four. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I I did that. Now, if I just, if I apply these things and multiply it by four, that's how I hit a million. (laughs) It's just math.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is just math. Uh, Or it should be just math. So.
1: Yeah. But most of what I do is helping people manage their fear. Like 90% of what I do every day is just reminding people about the outcome that they want and helping them get there and just stopping them from sabotaging themselves with their own thoughts and fears and doubts that make them, I mean, that's why they quit because they actually believe the fear as opposed to trusting the wise part of their soul that actually has the answers. If they just follow that and, and just finish it and put it out there.
0: Yeah. Well, i am Really appreciated uh spending some time with you uh Melanie you and, too um, thank you
1: for having me. I really appreciate it
0: yeah, this has been definitely uh different than what I intended, but then that's <laughs> generally that's pretty much the brand here so we uh we never really know where it's going to end up and but I think today was really good, especially with the quiz and just you know us sharing some of our of our thoughts and feelings about the process around the quiz was a really good thing. And yeah. And you've um, been
1: through it. So, you know, those fears and doubts. And, and by the way, if you answered at least six questions with yes, then obviously self-publishing is a great Avenue for you and something to look into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, if you, so, so before we finish here, is there one, is there one thing that you could share with people that, would help them when they are feeling the fear and the strain and the pressure and uh, and not sure if they are able to do it or if they even want to do it.
1: Absolutely. The first step is to just be self-aware, just to be, just to say, you know what? I feel this. It's real. This fear, this doubt, I, I, I acknowledge it. But then it's taking that and saying to your brain that's trying to screw with you and tell you you can't do something and saying, okay, duly noted, I hear you brain, but now I got stuff to do. <laughs> I got things to do. And it really is about taking action. But if your fear, if your thoughts are, are, are affecting your emotions, if you have a negative thought, it's going to trigger a negative emotion, which is going to trigger a negative action, which is going to end up with a negative result. And so you really, there really is a formula to controlling that. And so the first step is awareness. When you hear it or when you feel that coming on, just, Take a deep breath, recognize that you're feeling that way, acknowledge it, and then make a decision that you're not going to listen to that and say, I'm going to go this way. Thank you, brain. Thanks for looking out for me, but there's no dinosaur chasing me in a cave. I'm good, you know, and, um, and that's really the bottom line is we screw ourselves up by our fears in our brain that's so powerful that can work for us and not against us if we just are aware of that one thing.
0: I appreciate you sharing that and people can find you at, uh, my, my moments.com defining defining moments.com. And they can also find you on the, on the various social media platforms under defining moments. If, if I remember that correctly. Yes. Uh, Defining
1: moments. It's Melanie Warner defining moments on Facebook. Um, my defining moments on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but yeah, the best thing is go to the website. You can kind of link to everything there. You can also watch the free masterclass, Um, and then you can fill out an application to work with us. And I personally review all of those and I actually get on the phone with each person because I want to, I don't want to, I don't have a thousand people I work with. I literally work with people in a small group environment so that they all can be working together at the same time to write their book. And then we launch everybody together, which is great. So we're actually working on that class, uh, that starts up in January. So we, 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 We've got another one that's that's launching up. We've got about one or two, I think, two spots left in that one.
0: Right. Um, if
1: there's anybody that's interested in doing it, I encourage them to listen, watch the masterclass, understand the process, fill out the application, and uh, we can talk from there.
0: All right. Well, thank you. And I will definitely include the link to the video and to the masterclass. And, um, and who knows, maybe somebody from the audience will end up being in this next year's group. So I hope so. And if they
1: do, I hope that they tell me that they came from you. Cause I want to make sure I, I honor that relationship and take care of them. If I know they're coming from you. So thank you. I for,
0: appreciate that. That's uh, not something that most people would think of or express. So, oh uh, no, absolutely.
1: For, I want to know the source of everybody because it's a relationship that we're building, you know, and, right. and that's the foundation is through referrals and most of our right. clients come from referrals. So,
0: I couldn't agree with you more. Um I've given talks on uh how podcasting as 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 a guest like me and you are doing or have done is is really just a great way to begin a new relationship because you get to spend you know that 30 minutes to an hour with somebody having a conversation about uh usually things you agree on or understand or if if nothing else at least there are things you can learn to understand during the time you spend together. So absolutely that way as well so yes
1: and i'd love to have you on my show sometime i'll email you the info because we do live uh uh, shows every week which are kind of fun
0: well i would appreciate that i've done live i I just don't do live for my own purposes because i don't have that (laughs) much confidence i don't have that much confidence and i'm not worried about the live i'm just worried about the technology failing me during the live that's oh that
1: happens sometimes but i've been doing it for two years we've done hundreds of shows and we've got it down to a science so it's a lot of fun it would be um, great. I think you would really inspire our readers. And well, I'm inspired no by you.
0: Well, you, know, thank I'm, you.
1: I'm really inspired by what you're doing because a lot of people, I actually have someone in my class right now who's going through the course that is, she is terminally ill and she's in the hospital and she's trying to write her book. And now she's at a point where she's blind. And you know what? Her story is just I I can't even talk about her. I'll cry, but she is so powerful and amazing. And now that her site is going, she's even able to do the course through video instruction and audio and, and get her book written. So a lot of times with someone like that, we actually help them convert their book from speaking their book to converting it to written form and work with editors to help them get it out of their head and their heart and into the world. And so, um, yeah, I, I know that there's a lot of people that would use that is an excuse to not write their book and not finish the process, but she's a a trooper.
0: Well, and I look forward to uh, not only doing your show, but possibly getting to meet some of your students. Um, and let them share their stories on my podcast as well. It sounds like this could be oh, really good that for would both of awesome. us going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That would be so fun. Especially the yeah. newbies. They're like they're so nervous about everything <laughs> and they need the, they need well, to get out there and get over that fear well, of being on camera, you know?
0: <laughs> well good. We could definitely do that. That's one of the things I'm really starting to understand is that besides the the actual publicity, that there's a, um there's a need for people to to have a process where they can learn how to be interviewed, and as you say, get comfortable being on camera. So
1: definitely, many things well, to you. think
0: about. So, well, I appreciate it, and uh, so let me end the podcast, and maybe we can talk about some of this stuff after I after I press stop. Um, but I do Thanks appreciate everyone. You. Thank you, yes, Max. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Okay, so. Once again, we had another great interview here on the "What's Your What's Your Excuse?" show, and Melanie did share a lot of things. I uh, really appreciate her uh, bring bringing up the idea of the quiz and allowing me and her to have a conversation around the quiz. And hopefully, y'all learned something from that. I think it's interesting that um, she talked about the importance of having a mentor, having a coach. Uh, she talked about how she's been you know, involved in self-help, both reading it and experiencing it through other coaches and mentors since she was 15. And the most important thing she shared was that it's not what happens. It's what you think about it or how you choose to think about what happened and that you can decide uh, how you're going to think and feel and react and what you're going to do next about a given situation, Uh I really appreciate her sharing just how uh, bad things were for her financially and personally. I mean, we see a lot of people online who are very successful and we wonder, is that person somebody who knows what it's like to have been on food stamps or unemployment or uh, to have had to live with relatives and things like that in order to make ends meet while they're chasing that dream in the early days. And so we know that uh, Melanie did have to struggle and suffer both financially and Emotionally through the loss of her child, and uh, yes, I probably should have have uh, gotten her to say more about that experience, but uh, it just didn't seem like that was what was meant for today. And you know me, I try to do my best to to be in the moment, to have a conversation, and to go wherever the me and the guest and the conversation are meant to take us. So I think we learned a lot of good stuff today, especially. If you're an author or want to be an author, and of course, what she said about a book can also apply to an album, a movie, uh, a smartphone app, or a video game. So anything that you're doing that's creative, this uh, quiz that she gave and the process can all apply to that. And I do hope you'll visit her website, uh, mydefiningmoments.com and take advantage of the free video course. And if you feel like she can help you, then please do reach out to her. So I want to thank you all for continuing to support me and the show. You can find me at theblindblogger.net. Uh, once you're on the website, you can go to the store where you can buy my books or purchase the What's Your Excuse shirts. Uh, you can also hire me to be a coach and help you get unstuck and make more progress towards that big goal and dream you have. Or uh, the thing that, a lot of you have reached out to me about over the years, how to get you more exposure by connecting you with opportunities like podcasts and radio shows where you can share your story, reach new people and continue to grow your passion. So you find out all of that stuff at the blindblogger.net. Um, the show went a little longer than I wanted to. I'm trying to keep to an hour. Um, as I check my in, dot .incorp For Sale Braille Watch, I find out that it's 341 here in Houston, which is uh, about 40 minutes longer than I planned on. But still, we had a great conversation. Uh, Melanie is a great guest, and I appreciate the invitation uh, to be part of her book and part of her show. And I look forward to interviewing some of her clients on the show and having them share the stories that uh, result in the book that we're working on. All right. Uh uh so next someone want you to know I appreciate you. I can tell I was a little bit wrong, right? Like a bird upon the wind, the waters of my sky I'll never reach my destination If I never try So I will sail my vessel Until the river runs dry Until the river runs dry